broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. 708, I am he, along with Stephanie Bell over there wearing her cap. Right. What is that, Big Sky? Yeah, it's like Big Sky Montana skiing. Oh, cool. I've never been there. I need to go visit Montana. Beautiful place, huh? It is very beautiful. John Marsh, you've been in Big Sky? I've been in Wyoming and Idaho. I think think I've driven through Montana back in the day. Hannah, you've been to Big Sky? I haven't. Mm. We need to do a... You need to lead a tour there to Big Sky for the group um, with okay if we win the lottery yes it's a very it's a very expensive <laughs> oh, high place, dollar um, place but i had a, it was during covid and so oh. um everything else had gotten canceled and we went once and i probably will never no yeah, but yeah. it is a very beautiful it's place. the vale of montana yeah. we don't all get to uh you know lead tour groups on big trips randy yeah. no that's well i'm just saying you know but but my travels have um messed with my um Skincare and hair washing <laughs> routine, so that is why I have a hat on. Today. Do you need to do an everything shower? I do, but I have a workout later scheduled later today, so I um, I'm not going to wash my. Well, hair. Let's unpack that a little bit more. So you wear a hat. <laughs> your hair looks beautiful. I'm looking at your hair outside of the cap. It looks like nice, glowing, shiny hair. That's why you wear a hat. <laughs> I, John, I do you also, understand this? I just thought she was incognito. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the story, Hannah? What's with the... Well, it's like if your hair is maybe a little oily or something like that, you don't want to mess with it. You just throw on a hat, and the ends still look nice, but you're covering up the problem area. Mm-hmm. And the cooties can't get away. <laughs> why, I don't have cooties. Why are you worried about it? We don't objectify women anymore. But we're on camera. For the whole world yeah, to see. Well, yeah, look at the the glare on my head <laughs> breaks the breaks the webcam. You got to turn down the contrast. The glare is breaking the CCD chip. Well, maybe the, we should get you a ball cap. I think that hat looks. I like. I the like hat. that. that I, hat I think really I, good. Big, I, big I, sky. I tell my wife I love it when she does the ponytail through the back of the hat thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good look. I like that. Yep. It is. I, I like it too. I've become yeah. now. My problem is, I recently. Oh, Hannah's got my the hat I gave her on. I'll oh look! One in oh everybody. look! Hannah's got her hat on too. Look, yeah. that's an official Richardson Trolley Company hat. Heck yeah! Which I didn't know. I, I didn't Who? understand the hype around Richardson hats. It's a <laughs> style of hat that is like very apparently popular. It's kind of like a trucker style. But that's that's a trolley company hat that Hannah has so, on. Oh, so if you have one of those, uh, that style hat, you have to have a Stanley Cup, too. Do they go hand in hand? <laughs> and if you've missed the picture of Hannah that I think is posted to our socials of Hannah, like, hugging yes. the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was doing. I would say caressing the Stanley Cup. I mean, it... it, it, it <laughs> I've been, you know, I've been leaning into the, uh, the you know, the... The grief I've been getting, I've been making fun of myself at the same time. Yeah, well. Uh, but I, I saw that photo and was embarrassed. <laughs> I said, I've taken it too far. Brian Houseworth joins us uh, on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. The whole team's here. Now, lots going on in uh, state news. This um, We have a Democrat who was expelled from the Democrat caucus. Uh, 
Miss Hunsucker or Unsucker mm-hmm. from uh, the St. Louis County area, right? She's running. Right? Yeah, she's, she's running Shre- for governor Shre- on the she, Democrat she, ticket. She's from Shrewsbury um, and a veteran member. She's in her senior uh, she's senior, so she was elected in 2016. So she would have come in with Crystal Quaid in Dean Plonker, but uh, um, yeah, she, <clears throat> she. It has to do with and it's kind of complex. John's watched it too. It, the, the Democrats were upset with her because of some of the pictures. I think that she, some of the videos she had taken with some people that uh, she took photos with holocaust deniers and then she also said some really awful things about politicians who had passed and that she had conspiracy theories about them and they were just over it with her now she's been kicked out of the caucus but i think this is a complete disaster for democrats because she's still going to have a d behind her name on the ballot she's going to run in the primary against crystal quaid and she like the the things she keeps saying just keep getting crazier and you know republicans are going to be able to just attribute that to the missouri democrat party and so the best thing for Democrats, I think their hope was, we're going to kick her out of the caucus and hopefully she goes away. Um, and she said, uno reverse card. <laughs> yeah. And plus they they moved her chair up to the front towards the flagpole. And well, we're really, but she's going to be closer to the press. Um, I'm not, I mean, they probably would have been better off moving her to the, uh, I don't know where, you know, but she, the bottom line is she's still a House member. She still can vote. She can get up on the floor and speak as long as the speaker calls on her. Um, so, so who knows? But that, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Is it kind of uh, like elementary school? Like someone, you get the chair closer to the teacher. If you're in trouble, you're kind of in timeout. Well, I, I remember, um, Trisha Durgis, who, um, had her own a Republican. Um, you know, she was under at one point under two federal indictments, as I recall. She was pretty much pers- you know, not, not uh, welcomed by the Republicans. She got moved up to the tight, top, top right-hand corner in that chamber as well. And so did Wiley Price. He had his issues, former Democratic state representative. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it seems to end. Uh, and Rick Raber, who was actually expelled from the chamber, which was extremely unusual, I, as I recall, he was put up there as well. So that's kind of where they move people. Um, or, you know, and I don't know if Leader Quaid requested that. Plocker probably would have had to sign off on it. I'm not sure. But the bottom line, her chair has been moved and she, she tweeted, <laughs> tweeted that. More focus on, uh, on Missouri politics and Missouri legislation. Lincoln Hoff will be joining us at 735. Of course, he's chair of the Appropriations Committee, Senator Hoff. And um, so we'll be talking with him. And then uh, after that, uh, at 810, Travis Fitzwater. Now, in other news and in the category of hypocrisy, we have the Jess Piper story. Oh, it's beautiful, Randy. I know. You were thrilled. You, you're texting me at 12 o'clock a.m. last night. I don't know. That's oh. when I saw it. It's like unbelievable. I couldn't. I hadn't seen this story. Tell us about it, Hannah. Well, I lovingly slash unlovingly refer to Jess Piper as she who shall not be named uh, because I don't want the Twitter wrath that (laughs) she can bring. Uh, She is a former educator. She had a failed run for office. Um, She's really outspoken against being anti-school choice. And she basically, it seems, sits around on Twitter all day and loves to troll Everyone, she's a full-time troll. Former yes. candidate for the District One, uh, which is up in the Maryville and Albany area, North Northwest, yeah, Missouri. Northwest, very, very Republican. Sam Graves is old House District. Yeah, but she got slapped down by the Missouri Ethics Commission yesterday, officially. Yeah, they found that there was a thirty-dollar donation made improperly to her campaign, and she had to pay what a thousand-dollar fine for this measly thirty dollars. 
which that in itself I don't think is a huge deal. It's just the hypocrisy. Um, the libs of TikTok actually <laughs> tweeted about Jess, which they have like 2.7 million followers. It's a huge account. Um, and they found a tweet from September where Jess was trying to say that Sarah Huckabee Sanders um, did the same thing that Jess just got slapped down for. So a little bit of irony there, a little bit of hypocrisy. Uh, but lots of folks are celebrating that Jess got a little slap on the yeah, wrist. Yeah, wasn't she the one with the Dirt Road Democrat podcast yes. that mm-hmm. kind of went viral? Yes. Well, and what she did was she basically took a donation in the name of another. So somebody put a name on it. They kind of, I think it's it's insinuated that she knew that um, that this money wasn't from the person that was actually named, reported it from that person, and you're not allowed to do that. So, like, I can't hand Randy $30 and then you go give that money and say, give this to... Kayla Brown in your behalf without disclosing that yeah because yeah. the money came from me um and so if you're oh, taking geez. money in the name of another I mean and, and there's all sorts of reasons why people would do that um but it is definitely uh against the yeah. campaign finance re- regulations and she got popped for it yesterday and of course looks like a hypocrite I think so the Missouri Ethics Commission can really only consider when people file a complaint someone had filed a complaint but I think yeah. there's a lot more I mean if you dig into her reports I mean it's been it's been publicly reported before that she's paying herself like thousands upon thousands of dollars out of her campaign committee Ooh. another thing you're not allowed to do yeah. is essentially uh, like use your campaign funds for personal use so mm-hmm. I, it doesn't appear she has a job other than to sit on um, yeah. Twitter so I, I and she has a large audience she has a hundred thousand plus followers Maybe she could become a gig worker in Fannie Willis's operation. There you go. But I, I think, I mean... <laughs> or in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know that anyone's ever been bold enough to just, like, use all their campaign funds to fund their lifestyle, which it appear. I mean, I, it appears that she's getting significant funds from her own mm-hmm. campaign. Um, and I don't know, you know, if somebody's filed a complaint on that yet or not. But And I don't know that the Ethics Commission has ever considered that question, but it seems... It, so I let me not, ask you this. I would not advise anyone to do what she's so if, apparently doing. If Brian Houseworth decides to run for office. No. <laughs> if, okay. Okay. Next. That if, was so fast. If John Marsh decides to run for office. Hypothetically. Okay. And, and he has a campaign war chest. Right. And he takes a commercial flight uh, to go somewhere to the campaign committee for the whatever, the, the, the Republican National Campaign Committee. Okay. Uh, or some a CPAC event or something that you could legitimately say is a campaign event. Okay. Yes. You're presuming I would run as a Republican here. Okay. Oh. Yes, I am. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, the plot thickens. The plot. Okay. He's running on the libertarian ticket. <laughs> and, and he takes a first class seat rather than at the back of the at the back of the play, which yesterday we referenced, if you that appears to be the safest place to be, would that be considered a, a violation because he's self dealing? No, I don't think so. Well, I, come I, on, ask the Speaker of the Missouri House about that. I don't. I don't think so. The I mean, if he took a, a flight to the Bahamas that has no uh, see, I would, purpose, I would, he would say, have, But you've seen people have gotten it like on the national level. People have been got have received criticism before, and you think about like per, clothes. Um, like hairstyles. I mean, all of that stuff. It's like, is it personal or is it, you know, for the campaign? And so a lot of times for women, people have gone through their campaign reports and picked out, you know, Santos 
spent his his campaign money on OnlyFans and whatever. What else? Something crazy. So, so, I mean, you know, it's a significant concern when candidates are basically using uh, donors' money to subsidize their personal lifestyle. And and one point, too, I think is worth mentioning and and, uh, about Jess Piper. She does have a big following. And a lot of a lot of her followers are from across the nation. But she's her district that she ran in is very, you know, that's a very conservative district. Super I've red. Yeah. And Super remind red. us of the percentage by which she lost. She, as I recall, she got about 25% of the yeah. vote, you know, and, and that was, <clears throat> that's in a bright red district, Sam Graves' old district. But Northwest Missouri in general, which is where she's from, is, 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 is bright red. But when I was working in Carrollton 30 years ago, it was bright blue. Patsy Ann Danner, some of our listeners might remember that name, former state senator, was a Democrat who represented the district. Folks, she was anti-abortion, pro-gun, NRA-backed, a Democratic congresswoman. Uh, that's just That would be unheard of. Today, it just kind of tells you how the the times, I mean, the the, the times have changed. And I want to make one other point here real quick. This Lincoln Huff that's coming up at 730. That interview, we are getting a ton of feedback about the Don Mayhew interview we did the other day about changing the name. Essentially, Mayhew did not chastise the uh, senator who's going to be coming up, but certainly chastised idea the idea of six-leaning I-70 across the state. The fact is, this, the state representative was on this show, Don Mayhew, said that is the largest boondoggle yeah. in state history. So I'm certainly going to follow up with Lincoln and Huff I'm, to find out what he thinks about that. I, look, I mean, is it isn't it proper to take a guy with the credentials of an engineer... <clears throat> A survey guy worked in DOT. I mean, he knows He's about the business. When when he raises an issue about something, I listen carefully. I mean, the guy knows, he presumably knows his business. If he doesn't, then that's an argument against licensing in the state of Missouri. No, and the, and the, and the <laughs> right? comments we're getting are more not so much about what he's. The comments we're getting for the feedback on on Facebook, ninety three nine the Eagle Facebook and KW West Facebook, and the and the page is not so much about that. But they're they're confused at the approach he's taking about changing the name, and I know he's not being serious. Now we know he he doesn't even th- think the bill's going to pass. But yeah, it is out there. Jake. It is out there, and he's still got a bill that's going to get a hearing to change the name. So it, it is interesting, and, okay. and my, we'll see what the if the governor in the state of the state brings up forty four. And my understanding is when they passed this big fix for I seventy, they did so in lockstep and in consultation with the current Modot leadership and current Modot engineers. And so you know. <clears throat> Well, but people I don't who, think people who aren't aficionados of Moda would say, "There you go. That makes the story." <laughs> what do you expect? Give us the money. We want to spend it. We want to, you know, get all we can and spend all we can. Coming up, what's hot with Hannah? It'd be close to twenty-five after, and Lincoln Huff after that, chair of the Appropriations Committee. There'll be some fireworks, I anticipate. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your text. It's proximate to 725. That means it's time for What's Hot with Hannah. Uh-huh. 725-ish. Yeah, well, what's a minute or two among friends? Mm-hmm. What do you got? There wasn't even a guest you could blame it on today. I'd just like to point out. No. Anyway, it's no secret that I hate grocery shopping, okay? The Walmart pickup, Hy-Vee pickup, you know, whichever whichever grocery chain you like, 
the being able to pull up curbside mm-hmm. and then put your groceries in your car is my favorite thing ever. Um, I can, throughout the week, just keep my list going on my app and then place the order. And I am forced to plan out better what I buy because I'm not, you know, aimlessly wandering around the store. I feel like I spend less money and it's more intentional, right? And I also don't have to deal with all the people. Maybe Lincoln Hoff should use that method. There you go. When they're budgeting. I, I think you're wrong, by the way. What? I hate grocery pickup. I yeah. I never do it. Yeah. Well. You, you like it because it helps you plan. It helps you limit expenditures. You don't do impulse buying, right? Yeah. And okay. I also don't have to deal with large masses of people while i'm trying to grocery shop deal with someone else picking out your groceries and giving you like bad fruit or like you got like disney what shaped macaroni (laughs) and cheese like kid macaroni and cheese (laughs) it was unicorn shapes thank you and i've been there where you're like i want some bananas and you either get like one banana or you get like 72 bananas well that's user error because you type in how many you want so there's a new solution coming your way well, not here, but I'm excited that it might be here someday. Mm-hmm. Dallas-Fort Worth area, Walmart has announced that they will be doing drone grocery deliveries. Creepy. Which I feel like we've <laughs> heard creepy. about from a couple other companies, maybe like Amazon. Um, but Walmart is saying that 1.8 million people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area will be eligible for this service. And they... Say that deliveries can happen in as fast as 10 minutes, but they're basically promising in 30 minutes or less that your groceries would show up at your door delivered by a little drone. You know, the best part of a drone delivery, I wouldn't feel any tension about whether or not to tip the delivery person. Yes. <laughs> but that I'm, would be I'm the worried best about part. that guy who went all drone bumper cars with the sheriff's drone. I mean, there are some people who would shoot these things down. Don't yeah. you think? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it would be the Castle Doctrine expanded. Right? <laughs> what are you doing getting well, into my space? I thought it was cool. But... It's cool. Well, we'll see if Lincoln Huff wants to use sort of that, uh, that delivery model to limit impulse buying. Stay tuned. The news can be heavy. News soaking a boulder. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. Welcome back to Wake Up Mid Missouri on 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWS, and 93.9 The Eagle. Hope that you stay in tune with us, whether it's on the old fashioned radio. Whether it's on the website, whether it's uh, watching us on Facebook or YouTube, because you can watch, you can see Stephanie. How are you doing, Stephanie, with your big hat there? It's your not big a big hat. hat. It's a big sky It's hat. a big trucker hat, you said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're wearing hats this morning. Uh, John has his hat on. and um, Backwards. I don't, I don't. Backwards, yeah. Oh, boy. And, and Hannah does. I don't know if uh, Senator Lincoln Huff, who is the... Uh, of course, the chair of the Appropriations Committee. I don't know if he has his hat on this morning. But uh, how you doing, Senator Huff? Good to make acquaintance virtually. Yeah, uh, Randy, so I do have a hat on. Uh, it's a uh, Schrabel Fertilizer Company. Great cattle down here in southwest Missouri. And so these guys, you know, we're, we're busy when I need to be spreading fertilizer on fields. We're busy in Jeff City. And they started a couple of years ago taking care of all that for me. And they do an awesome job. So there's a shout out to them. And, and welcome to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think everybody knows it, but 
you had big shoes to fill, and I think so far so good. So well, congrats. Thank, yeah, actually, I big flip flops to fill, and I'm still debating whether or not I should buy a pair or not. I just don't <laughs> I love know. It. And Senator it. Huff did tell me that this was the most exciting part of his pre eight a.m. day. So I'm I'm counting that as a win. So, uh, Senator Huff, uh, first of all, uh, you know, we were at the, at the. I'm sorry we didn't get to shake hands and meet you at the uh, governor's prayer breakfast uh, yeah. on Thursday, but um, you were talking about spreading fertilizer. There's a lot of fertilizer that started spreading around the Senate floor, in, you, you know, know what I, metaphorically on Thursday. Wow, it got off to some fireworks. I, I, I joke with people a lot. I, I've got two jobs, and I love them both, and they're both oddly similar. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a lot of that ammonium nitrate from a different That's source right. going on the Senate That's floor. Right. Um, well, let, let, let's get down to some business. What um, sure. I, I know that your budget priorities uh, include mental health services and some real, you know, important things, and we'll get to those. But I yeah. guess the overarching question is, man, are you just going to be beating and, and anyone who wants to get anything done beating their heads against the wall this year? Oh, I, I mean, I hope not, Randy. And, you know, it, yes, it's, it started off with some fireworks. You know, uh, I, I like to remind people that, you know, we get more done when we get along. Now, government getting a lot of things done, you know, we can argue that that's not always the greatest thing either. So slowing things down and making sure that what we're doing is, is important to the people that we serve, great. The, the thing I could do without is all the, you know, all the kind of personal attacks and the the Brock throwing back and forth, because I just don't think that's good for anyone. I mean, if, if you want to go argue a policy position and you want to make your case, and quite frankly, in the Missouri Senate, if you've got yourself and 17 other people that think that's a good idea, you're going to get to pass. But if you're, you know, if you're in the if you're in the super minority in that chamber and you've got some, you know, maybe not great ideas, they're probably not going to get done. And that's not a it's not a personal attack at anyone. That's just the nature of how that chamber operates. Senator, we appreciate you joining us. Of course, you chair appropriations, and uh, I would argue, I would argue, quite frankly, after the pro tem, no offense to the majority leader Cindy O'Laughlin, who I know is listening, I'd argue appropriations chair is probably the second biggest uh, and most powerful position because you have a very big perch there, along with Cody Smith in the House. I want to ask you about the interview that we had. I hope you had a chance to hear it uh, the other day with uh, your your colleague, a House colleague Don Mayhew, who chairs House Transportation accountability and he has filed a bill to rename i-44 i-70 and i-70 i-44 and the reason he's filed that and he knows that bill's not going to pass uh he he's still filing it and he's going to proceed but on this show he said two main things number one he you were the you were the main focus of the of the 2.8 billion dollar i-70 plan he says that expansion on i-70 is the this is a direct quote here sir the largest boondoggle in state history. In number two, Senator, he said if anything needs to be six-laned, it's I-44 in his district. Senator, your response. Well, so interesting that someone that, you know, has I-44 in his district would make that case. I mean, you guys know I I represent Springfield. Yes, I drive do. on I-44 a lot more than I do I-70, quite frankly. Uh, what the representative, I guess, maybe doesn't understand is that I-70 was actually, is actually a shovel-ready, environmental study work's already been done. It's ready to go. The uh, awarding of the first bid, I think, is going to happen by the end of February, you know, starting in Columbia and headed east over mm-hmm. to Kingdom City. Mm-hmm. That project's been broken up into six different uh, projects to get done over the next half dozen years. Again, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because if you're the chair, I guess, of the House Transportation Accountability Committee, you should probably know this stuff, but... 
the environmental study work hasn't even been completed on I-44. And what we did in conjunction with the rebuilding of I-70, which, by the way, is the oldest interstate in this country, it's almost 70 years old itself, what we did is we put $20 million in to complete the environmental study work on I-44, such that by the time that work is done, and by the way, we should have all gotten into apparently the environmental study work on highways, because I don't know why in the world it would cost $20 million to get that done, but that's the price tag. Uh, when I-70 is complete, if we're in a financial position, it'll be long after I'm out of the Senate appropriations role, but if we're in a position, we then can start working on I-44. And again, to the representative, I would say there are sections of I-44 that if he'll keep his powder dry, I'd like to start working on. We put some sections in the budget last year uh, at the behest of some House members. And ultimately, you know, the governor vetoed that balancing of, you know, his priorities in the budget with his red pen. But there's nothing to say that we can't take some of the portions of I-44 that are ready and start working on. The other thing I'd remind the representative is that I-44 was never going to get done in totality, as long as we were spending between 80 and $110 million a year doing maintenance on 70. That's a little secret not a lot of people know. MoDOT, and you guys see it because you're in Columbia and yep. I think you're driving you know, on 70 all the time. There's construction going on on 70 all the time. But folks, it's patchwork. It's just, it's just you know, getting this section done and redoing a small section here and there. Uh, I-70 is, is a major, obviously, major thoroughfare, not just through Missouri, but through uh, you know, the whole Midwest. And when we talk to, uh, you know, shipping companies, quite frankly, who say we try to avoid that section of interstate highway through the Midwest, that's a problem. And it's a problem for the rural parts of our communities in Missouri that are that are getting those, you know, farm, we call them farm to market roads, you know, down to the feeders, the feed into I-70. And then there's, you know, then there's traffic jams on I-70. So it needed to be a priority. I'm glad that we put a plan together. The idea that it's the biggest boondoggle in the state's history is, you know, hilarious to me because the projects are just now getting started. So it's kind of hard to say that it's not working when we're when we're just now getting started on it. But I have the utmost confidence that in the next five, six, seven years, uh, the citizens of this state are going to be excited about what we've done there. And quite frankly, like, guys, that's what Republicans ought to be doing. We ought to get back to actually doing the work that our citizens and our communities depend on and, and stop this kind of nonsensical infighting about, you know, who's, who's more this or more that. I, you know, I was listening to your show the other day and, you know, you guys have made motion, mentions of communities that used to be represented by Democrats, yep. you know, all over the state. And I always, I always use Jefferson County. Yep. Jeff County used to, used to have Democrats from the state level down to the local county level. And now they're all Republicans because right. the Democrats did what the Republicans are doing to each other now, and I just call it the cannibalization of the party, and it's unfortunate, but maybe it's just a sign of the times where we are right now. And they're all pro-labor over there still, but they're they're very conservative. I'd just point out right. to listeners that, uh, Mr. Chairman, the uh, representative who made those comments about your bill is a Republican. You're a Republican. I want to clarify that, but I sense, I sense frustration in your voice. I sense frustration with what he said on this show. Well, it's frustration. It's frustration in uh, not being able to move past maybe a priority that he had that he didn't get done and come in with a workable solution. Right. Instead of instead of coming over to the Senate and working with the second floor, uh, the, you know, the governor and the administration down there, you have someone who apparently just wants to complain. And again, I don't want to sit here, Randy. I don't want to sit here by, you know, and, and John. I don't want to sit here and you know throw rocks at a, at a Republican colleague. 
I'm sure he has a reason to say and think what he wants. But at the end of the day, we are we are better as a party. We're better as a state. We're better as a people when we can find commonality and common ground and work towards those priorities. Look, you know, we came into a special session a year and a half ago when the governor called us back to work on an ag bill and a tax cut. And we cut over a billion dollars, a billion dollars in individual income tax in this state. And it's like people don't even remember that now. Like I've got Republican colleagues saying, standing up on the Senate floor saying, we've got to cut taxes. We need to cut taxes. Tony Luchtemeyer, Senator Luchtemeyer, cut $320 million worth of taxes for everyone who receives a Social Security check in this state last year. So in the last 18 months, we've cut almost a billion and a half dollars in taxes and made investments in our infrastructure. Like, there's a lot of successes that I think we can you know, be proud of. And, and too often times, I think people get hung up with, well, I didn't get this one thing or something else, and they get frustrated. So it's, you know, I, I, I try to focus on the, the positive things that we're doing. That's Senator Lincoln Huff, uh, chair of the Appropriations Committee here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Senator, do you see a replay of what happened a couple sessions ago with the federal reimbursement allowance and the conservative caucus, and they got all tied up with the whole angle of Planned Parenthood and Medicaid and all that? Do you see that battle returning this session? Oh, I'm sure we'll have. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a discussion about it. We've got a hearing on that bill in my appropriations committee next week. Uh, probably gets on the floor, you know, fairly early in session because I think most everyone understands that when you have a little more than a four billion dollar program in this state, we need to figure out a way to fund it and and you know receive those dollars from the Fed. Uh, you know, I did a little checking because you know people and look the the nonsense. At Planned Parenthood needs to stop. I, I don't. I, I don't talk to a colleague who doesn't agree with that. This, you know, the the video footage that gets circulated about, you know, young women, you know, with without their parents' knowledge being, you know, expedited to another state to have some horrendous thing done. Like I don't agree with any of that. That that needs to be taken care of, and I wholeheartedly will support the efforts to do that. That being said, the FRA, the Federal Reimbursement Allowance does not directly flow to any Planned Parenthood uh, provider in this state. This goes to our hospitals, it goes to nursing homes, it goes to pharmacies to, quite frankly, pay for medical care for, you know, a poor population. So I would hope that uh, my colleagues can, can understand that and get past that and work towards what we need to do to fix the Planned Parenthood problems uh, with with other legislation, absolutely. I mean, it's my understanding they don't participate in that. That's a tax Correct. that hospitals Correct. impose on themselves to maximize matching funds from the feds, and then it gets redistributed to serve the underserved, period. It, it has nothing to do with Planned Parenthood. Correct. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, yesterday, Bill Eigel took to Twitter to talk about a vote uh, that was taken in the Senate on a rule change. He wanted omnibus bills to have to sit for two days and pointed out, well, there are some people who said they voted last year on bills that they never even read. So any comments on that uh, proposed well, and defeat? Sure. of the? But then another question related to omnibus bills, because the Missouri Supreme Court also recently struck down a bill. So yeah, a comment... Yeah on the rule change and then has there been any discussion amongst the senators hey we've got to be careful on these omnibus bills because we don't want our Mm -hmm. legislation struck down sure yeah so so the first part of that is is almost hysterical because senator eigel actually admitted that he has voted on bills that he's not read okay and so he's i guess trying to come up with a creative way to not have to really do his homework and have something sit 
you know, outside of the chamber for, he started with three days, went back to, I think, 24 hours or a legislative day. My real opinion about this is that if anyone in the Missouri Senate wants to walk out on the floor at any time and say, wait a minute, I want to walk through this legislation. I want to walk through this line by line. I've had bills on the floor that colleagues, when, when, when you believe all the negotiating is done, colleagues will stand up and they will say, hang on, Senator, let's go through this. And you know what my response is? We should, and I'm happy to do that. The most open and honest and transparent in front of God and everyone way to pass laws is like that, open, in the chamber, on the floor, with the sponsor and any and all interested parties asking any and all questions as that thing moves through the process. I mean, you know, Senator Koenig is kind of the king, in my opinion, of negotiating. I mean, he, he did the, the Wayfair legislation, you know, internet sales tax collection, which he worked on for years. But he is, I mean, I, I would describe him as the king of negotiating and working with others to come up with a workable solution on a lot of fronts, right? And oftentimes his bills get big. But you know what? Andrew, I'll call him Andrew, Senator Koenig, will walk out on the floor and he'll stand there and he'll explain to anyone what's in it. And that's how the Senate's supposed to work. In my opinion, this rule change that Senator Igle was proposing is just a lazy way for him to not have to do his homework. All right. Well, I, clearly some yeah. clearly some battle lines are drawn. Clearly, uh, you have a lot of rationale and a lot of clear explanations for why you think and do the things you do. I uh, I, I like what I'm hearing uh, on our first on our first encounter here as a host and guest. I, I why don't I propose this? Why don't we have Lincoln Days uh, more often than just in March? Why don't we have Lincoln Days like you know periodically? Let's just do a regular Lincoln Days thing. Or what do you say? I would. I'd be more than happy to get okay. on with you guys anytime. You right. know, the second second part of that question that you guys asked about the omnibus bills. Uh, if if more legislation moved through the Senate, there yep. wouldn't be as much of a need for those types of bills. But right. what happens is, is things get bogged down, and things get slow for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then you come up to the end of session, and you know the reason that that House bill that you mentioned, sixteen oh six, was ultimately overturned is that. I think the Supreme Court came in and said, uh, you got too many different things going on here. This isn't a, this violates the single subject uh, laws of this state, and, and we're going to toss it out. So, I'm, I'm hearing a call for propriety from Senator Lincoln Huff. Hey, we got to run here, or else Hannah's going to just beat me silly. So, uh, hey, thanks. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. We'll, we'll book another date right away, real soon. Okay, thanks, Senator. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is, Senator Lincoln Huff. When we come back, John, what's up your sleeve? Something about some guy in his bright skivvies. Oh, boy. Is Housworth in his Speedo again? Except for this. John is supposed to have a story about the skivvies. We went a little long with the Lincoln Hoff break there. So that, a little behind the scenes in radio. Sometimes, <laughs> so sometimes, <to> <laughs> sometimes that changes things up. What's going on, John? A pair of multicolored skivvies peeking out above a robbery suspect's low-slung trousers have helped police arrest him in NYC 
A year later, he and a couple other guys robbed a tobacco shop in Queens. So they went to the video and they sent it out to the media, showed the guy wearing brightly colored briefs with a large (laughs) white letter R in the year 1990 in yellow below his sagging jeans. The 30-year-old suspect caught at his home in Queens, and they say he was not wearing those briefs, but did have a well-worn pair of SpongeBob square pants undies on. Not to be confused with Stephanie's favorite underwear altogether now, her legal briefs. Oh, boy. And we have a story about striped gum going out of style that Hannah sent me. We'll get to that before we're done. Next up, Travis Fitzwater joins us, Senator Fitzwater.